0: Hello internet friends. Welcome to this training on ethical fat loss. I say ethical fat loss because I always find that we either prioritize ourselves or we prioritize the fat loss. And we see that within the two kind of distinct sides of uh, dieting. So you have the anti-diet crew who believe in You know, intuitive eating, that dieting is inherently wrong. And then you have the pro dieting team that think, you know, there's nothing wrong with dieting and that the issue is the people who diet, not the actual diet itself. And I think both have good points. But what I think is more important is looking at ourselves, our own individual circumstances, and deciding if dieting is a priority at the moment, or even something you can engage with, much like how, uh, this is only very relevant to me, I think, if you were just out of a relationship and you don't feel emotionally ready to commit to another one, it's probably not a good idea to go out on dates with the assumption you're gonna get into a relationship because you already have acknowledged that it won't be a good time for you, but maybe because you missed the companionship or, well, I mean, that's just me, but, I'm sure there are other factors for people wanting relationships that may cause them to chase them, even though they're not in the right frame of mind at the time. So I just want to reiterate that you don't need to diet at this moment in time. You don't ever need to diet, but they are a set of skills that help you. And it's not that it's good or evil in any sense of the word and I just want to step back from it and not apply any kind of value to it and just look at it as a skill. So key takeaways for today. We want to break down tracking methods for fat loss and that includes like timeline. We're going to talk about diet breaks as well, what they are, uh, break down how fat loss can be explored without direct tracking and then exploring different strategies for maintaining a healthy relationship with your food and your body during the process. So Again, we want to understand that fat loss has no value inherently, it's not good, it's not bad, it's like the uh, uh, what's it? Goldie Chains rap, is it, guns don't kill people, rappers do, and what we mean when we say that is that the gun is just an implement that can be used for a multitude of purposes. Alright, and you can get into the nitty-gritty philosophical arguments about that not being an apt comparison if you like, but it gives you a good idea. The outcome of fat loss and whether it's positive or negative is contextually dependent, which means it it depends on what's been going on and how you got there. For example, someone who does a 30-week diet and takes a diet break every other week who allows themselves to diet at a slower rate of loss so they can include more social events, they can be more flexible with their intake, versus someone who does an eight week mini cut, which is a very aggressive diet, but who then becomes miserable, isn't able to balance their life with the mini cut. It's kind of like trying to fit a a square peg into a round hole. I've always said that before, but I love it. And yeah, I think we need to respect the effort and the skills that are needed to do this because Fat loss isn't as simple as following the plan because fat loss isn't just losing the fat, it's maintaining it too. So we need to talk a little bit about what fat loss is and what weight loss is because believe it or not, you can diet and lose very little fat if there are not other things in your life that you're taking care of. So weight loss occurs when we eat in a calorie deficit for a prolonged period of time and I've just popped a little scenario up here. I've got one in the next page too. But uh, if you want to think about it like this, if you don't replenish your bank account but you take out a kind of monthly payment plan for something, I don't know, a new fridge, right, a new bed or something like that. If you don't replenish your bank account after those six months, you'll have, I'm pretty sure I did the maths right there, didn't I? Good, I'm glad, I would have been very embarrassed. So if you eat less than your body needs for that day, and you continuously do that over a period of weeks and months, and you don't eat those calories back, you will have physically less body fat. Hope that makes sense. But weight loss is the first thing we do deal with when it comes to calorie deficits. Because if we don't have our protein in the right place if we don't have adequate resistance training and if we don't have proper sleep then our body will burn protein before it burns fat as a fuel source because that's what's happening when you eat in a calorie deficit your body doesn't have enough calories to keep it going at its current level at its current weight and size therefore it takes stores of fat of muscle of protein of carbohydrates to use as a fuel source so if we eat enough protein, we sleep between seven and nine hours on average, and we have some form of res- resistance training, kind of one to two times a week. The body will basically do a little analysis and say, okay, we still need muscle mass, but we need more energy, okay, go to the fat stores, because body fat is our is our very good source of energy, but the body also wants to keep it because it, it thinks you're still in starvation, still thinks that food is not plentiful. And this is just a little graphic to explain it. So if you eat more calories than you expend, whether through activity or through not eating, then you will gain weight. You eat more than you expend, you gain weight. You eat less than you expend, you lose weight. If you eat exactly the same amount, weight doesn't change, that's called maintenance. And that's where most people will be at after a diet. They're in a maintenance period. And that includes for gaining weight too because if you intentionally gain weight and you're pushing for muscle, you don't want to then lose that weight. Now, I've just popped this up here. I know we don't love a lot of written text, so you can just skim through this. But we basically need to know how many calories we want to lose because those calories have an equation that translate to body weight. So one pound of fat is 3,500 calories. The average diet is just to subtract 500 calories per day because 500 times 7, it just works out nicely. And then that assumes about a pound of fat loss per week. This is not a definitive figure because the body is way more complex than that, but it it is the principle. And we can't go deeper into the nitty gritty of it without cutting you open to understand, oh, did you lose 500 calories of fat or was it 250 calories of fat and 50 calories of muscle and then 200 calories of glycogen or water? We can't know that. So as long as we see general trends downwards when we're dieting, we know we're going around the right place. Uh, just to show you that again in let lymphographic style because I prefer these, you need to know your current body weight, your desired weight loss, so let's say 70 kilos and then you want to lose 15 kilos. You need to know your activity levels and that's through a physical activity level table, 1 to 1.9, that's just a multiplier you use. Um, and you don't need to worry about this because I'll provide some tools after this so that you can plug in and calculate these if you wanted, but I can do this for you if you're a client watching this back. You want to know how long the diet's gonna last or how much of a deficit you want each day. So say you want the diet to last 12 weeks and that will inform how many calories you need to eat less per day. But say you didn't want to diet on too little calories, say you only want to do a 300 calorie deficit. Well then, you would just look at the total amount of calories which is how many pounds of body weight you want to lose times 3,500 because 3,500 is one pound of fat. So, five pounds of fat times 3,500 equals 1,750 or 1,7,500. So, I would say, okay, 1,7,500 divided by 12 because that's how many weeks I want to diet for or that's how many weeks to my holiday. Once I've done that, I then have the calculation, which I'm not going to do right now, but you can do on your own. Or I could say, okay, I need to, over the course of my diet, I need to eat. 17,500 calories less. I want to only eat a deficit of 200 per day, so you would just do 17,500 divided by 200 and that would tell you how many weeks that you're going to diet for. You can let me know if that wasn't clear. Now let's look at the methods of implementing fat loss and this is just to give you an idea of how flexible you can be. So a straight deficit, 500 calories each day. A staggered deficit which is 5-2 is a good example of that. You do five lower days and then two higher days of the weekend because we know more people eat at the weekend, they have more social events, they have less work so they're not as busy and there's more opportunities for eating. So we do 5-2, you could do you know, 4-3, you could literally do one on, one off, it's totally up to you. Uh, descending, which is the, in my opinion, best way to diet. You want to diet on as many calories as possible. You only drop your calories when weight loss stalls and that's for two weeks. If your weight loss or your measurements haven't changed in two weeks, chances are you haven't been in a consistent deficit and you need to go revisit it. Now, an aggressive diet or a mini cut is a more advanced method and one that will only really be used with people who have good hunger signals a great relationship with food a great relationship with their body and very personalized time management because you have to be able to manipulate a lot of these things so you look at more self-employed people who do this and you'll see aggressive mini cuts happen with usually other bodybuilders who happen to be coaches or people who have a lot of flexibility within their time, uh, within their time management, so that they can be a bit more tired at certain points, or they can sleep in, or they can take the time to prep uh, their food. Windowed eating, which is just fasting, so that can literally be any time. It's just a time where you don't eat. It reduces the overall potential for you to put calories in your mouth. You have to be very aware, though, that if you diet, uh, if you fast, let's say you fast from I don't know 8am to 5pm. But then because you're so hungry, you scarf down all the calories that you would have during that window, it balances itself out. So just remember that. Now, I just popped this in from the other slide just so you could see what it looks like. And if you were listening to this, you don't have to worry about it. It's just a calculation for how we would look at your diet and how we would look at making sure you have the appropriate macro and micronutrients for health. Now, talking about non-tracking with an eye for fat loss because I recognise that some of us may need to step away from direct fat loss to work on our relationship with food for example. This doesn't mean that fat loss won't occur, it just means that we are taking the emphasis off of chasing fat loss and we are putting it into other aspects, for example, you may be looking at improving your relationship with food or improving your skills with food and i know people might be like how can you improve your relationship with food and diet well that's because so i just want to take a little photo there that's because when you have an improved relationship with food when you have improved hunger signals when you have have improved cooking skills you have more flexibility and control now when i say control i mean that in a positive sense i mean that you have more tools to deal with it. And we often find that people who do have excess amounts of body fat, most of the time, not all the time, because some people just naturally exist in uh, heavier bodies. Most of the time when people have seen an increase in weight, uh, and that includes body fat or muscle, nah, it doesn't really include muscle, let's just focus on uh, body fat. It's usually because it's in response to something they're eating more because they're stressed or because they don't have access to as good cooking facilities. Just do check we've got the time. Yeah, we're fine. Uh, They don't have access to as good cooking facilities, for example. And if we change the habits, the thoughts and the feelings around food, then fat loss happens as you stop using it as an emotional release uh, or as you start to actually feel fuller and you start to enjoy your food, you have are more satisfied on less calories, so you just naturally are in a deficit. And again, looking at hunger signals, food choices that align with your goal and your health, managing your cravings, that's not to say you don't have any cravings or you don't listen to them, but it's just being aware and making a decision around them. Like looking to up your physical activity for health, you know, not just doing steps, but finding the sport to play, I think that's very important. And then we want to look at what counts as a healthful habit. We want to look at the idea that rigidly assigning behaviours as good and bad is not great because it's it's too simplified for a very complex topic. Now, I've just put in a few, six I think. Yes, yeah, six habits that I think would be really useful. Increasing your protein intake, so you're being more mindful of increasing protein in meals increasing your fruit, veggie, and fiber amounts, considering supplementations. For example, I struggle a lot with fruits and veggies because of taste. Because I struggle with the taste and texture, for example. But I think these are six habits or health interventions that I feel cover all your bases. If you understand your body's hunger signals, you can tell the difference between a craving which we call hedonic hunger and between true hunger, which is driven by a lack of food in the stomach, versus the habitual drive of hedonic hunger. You see food, you want to eat it. Reflective tools like journaling, they let you assess your thoughts and feelings around food and let you see am I moving towards a more healthful uh relationship with food or am I moving away from it? And there's also a tool that we can put our thoughts and feelings down onto a pad and then we can take it from there and make ourselves understand a bit better. And in mindfulness techniques like reframing and the pause, well the pause for example, that allows you to step in when you feel like you're going to make a decision that doesn't align with what you're trying to do, if you're gonna give in to a craving for example. Not that it's an issue to give in to the craving, in of itself, but if we consistently do that, we're not gonna be able to maintain that deficit. So, if anybody wants to know more about these, let me know, because I can go more in depth on these too. Now, looking at how we lose body fat without messing with our heads. For clients watching this, we're using weekly calls, so we touch base so that you can, you know, talk it through because oftentimes our true feelings are revealed when we have a dialogue. Therapy, if you've got it, is amazing. And journaling, recommend it for everybody. Using that to get all these messed up jumbled thoughts down, organized, on paper, just fab. Now, I think this, I love any kind of perspective image. This is a wonderful way to view fat loss at different points in your life. Fat loss is just a conditional thing. I don't know what to call it. But fat loss only happens when we chase it or when we change habits so that they are more aligned with Fat loss It's kind of like, it's like a tick box. That's the way I think about it. Fat loss is more of a tick box that you can do through multiple ways, rather than like a part of nutrition. It's just a byproduct of, it's a byproduct of the maths of the body. That's a good way of saying it. It's a byproduct of the maths of the body. And if we're not in a good place mentally, if we're not in a good place financially to be able to afford different foods so that we can keep up varieties, then maybe it's not the best time to be losing body fat, but we can focus on doing it without losing our heads or fucking our heads up by focusing on choice. You are choosing to restrict and the beauty of that is that you are accountable to yourself. You're not accountable to me. Well, you are accountable to me, but I'm not gonna stand over you and say you're a bad person because you chose to have that cookie. No, 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 no. We look at it from the perspective of ownership. You wanted that fucking cookie, so you had it. Were there many pressures? Were you hungry? 100%, but you still need to own the fact you made that choice. It's been one of the most empowering things for me with my ADHD is that although these things do affect me, I still made that choice. And that's okay, but I made that choice. We look at self-acceptance when we do deviate from the plan, because it's gonna happen. Like, you are not an athlete, or maybe you are and you're watching this. Hello, please uh, pay me lots of money to be your personal nutritionist, so I can retire on an island. That's definitely true. Nutritionists get paid a lot, don't they? Self-acceptance of who we are and what we are. Because when we underpin all of our practices with with self-acceptance, we have an amazing time. Like, it is so much better for us when we accept ourselves, warts and all. And then we look at fat loss as a decision to improve our lives through better health markers and potentially through better body image because body image can be improved with fat loss. It's just not the only thing that improves it. But it's never to make ourselves less, although I find that very funny and ironic because you will weigh less, there will be less of you. But that's physically, not mentally. You don't do this for societal reasons, you don't do this for other people, you do it for you. And that's what I wanted to focus on here with that, we want to focus, we don't want to focus on changing for societal pressure, we don't want to use negative reinforcement to discipline ourselves because it fucks our mental health. We want to use positive reinforcement or neutral reinforcement, looking at things very objectively and logically. But when we approach things from a negative point of view, that's difficult and potentially quite harmful for us. Now, I just want to look at a few examples, just so we'll realize this is the only example, where we look at a flexible approach. This is why I love teaching people how protein interacts with the body and what it looks like in our day-to-day life because when we have more options, we're more likely to succeed. So, if we get focused on a meal plan, for example, where every protein is chosen for you, and it's based on principles of health, by the way, you're gonna have white fish in the morning, then you're gonna have red meat for lunch, then you're gonna have white meat for dinner. It makes sense. The problem is the fact that it's forcing you to choose those meal, to choose those foods at that time. Because what if you don't want the white fish in the morning? Well, I've got to do it because I've got to stay disciplined. And you start doing all this little mental gymnastics where you end up making yourself more rigid, more fixed in position and less fluid. And if you know me, if you know what I talk about with regards to health and fitness, you know I think we should be more like water. Bruce Lee had the right idea. The water adapts to the situation it's in. What if you can't adhere to the meal plan because you're off on holiday for a week? Are you just going to starve yourself? No, of course not. You're going to focus on principles and then realise that maybe it's not the end of the world if you don't eat to plan, although there shouldn't really be a plan unless you're a registered dietitian giving these out. You're not eating to plan, you're eating for enjoyment because fat loss is just one very small, small slither of the nutritional sphere. Now, I don't really remember what the rest of these are. Yes, I do. Um, we're we'll talking about where to start for these. So again, identify the goal, the method, potential barriers. So identify how much fat you want to lose, what method you're going to do, and then what barriers that are relative to your life. When we understand things, we take action. If we understand things better, we're more likely to take more positive action, especially if we have a little slip up and we feel bad about ourselves. You need to consider how this fits into your lifestyle. Like, see if 24-year-old male wants to do a meal plan, right? And she's got fuck all going on in her life, except her, you know, how many Tinder dates she's going on. That's terrible. It's not just that. I just mean that if you have less responsibilities, it is easier for you to follow more rigid, extreme types of fat loss. But if you work 45 hours a week, which most of my clients do, you have a life it's probably not the best idea because it's gonna come into conflict with your life and you're gonna choose your life over a meal plan because why wouldn't you? Because there's other ways of doing the fat loss. You need to develop skills in action to change the behavior. So instead of being more disciplined, be more focused on setting your week up, right? Be more focused on your choices. Uh, And when you make them, you're gonna own them for good or for bad in your own head, remember that is, you're gonna own the choice, you made the choice. I know that seems scary, but I promise you, when you let go of this idea that you need to be perfect and you start just turning up to see how you interact with fat loss, with that meal, with that food, with that social event, you will learn a million times more and you will succeed. And not only will you succeed, but that success will last because you done it. You didn't just follow a template, you made it fit your life. So, just to recap, fat loss is time spent in a calorie deficit and it usually involves periods of voluntary restriction and the ability to end the diet whenever. The factors that affect it are individual willpower, and we don't really focus too much on that, nutritional skills, so knowing the difference between macronutrients, knowing how to cook meats properly, knowing how to prep veggies, these are all really important because if the food tastes like shit, you're not going to want to eat it. Social skills, being able to communicate with your friends when you are dieting and what kind of support you may need at that point. Reflective practices just to check in on yourself to make sure that you're not negatively impacting yourself Uh, or if you are, that you are able to nip that in the bud or adjust so that you you either decide to take a break from the fat loss or you're able to move past that negative mindset. The environment, that's your friends, that's like your fridge, that's your office if you have an office that you go to it's about setting things up so that it makes your life easier you know nobody like nobody puts their toothbrush in the kitchen well i do actually but i have adhd and sometimes i forget but if you sometimes forget to brush your teeth at night because you're just so tired you want to have your toothbrush in a place that's easily accessible and that it makes sense for it to be which is the bathroom and lastly fat loss is a learned skill over time you get more skilled and confident and you can tackle larger issues, larger issues in this case maybe more rapid fat loss, maybe uh, managing it around a busy life, but it also requires trust in the process, which is difficult because it's kind of like Sideshow Bob walking into the Rakes and the Simpsons, and if you haven't seen that, I'll maybe fly in a little infographic here, but basically he keeps walking into him and smashing his face, and I always think it's very funny, but I think it's a good image because... It's painful to make mistakes, but mistakes are lessons learned and lessons learned form your own individual relationship with fat loss. So if you're not ready to learn, you're going to have a hard time. So I hope this has been really useful, folks. I'm always very keen on creating content that's going to support you guys and not make you believe that there's anything good or bad about the process as we do, and that it's all down to how you feel about it. If anybody would like to go over this or discuss it in more detail, please hit me up. Otherwise, take care.